This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we are in Frankfort, Kentucky. Yes, we are. We're, we are at Compassionate Friends, and we're keynoting at their regional conference and doing some workshops. So if anybody's in the area, please join us, because we will be here from March 22nd to March 25th. And uh, it's, it's quite a thing to come to these uh, conferences, isn't it, Heidi, the Compassionate Friends? I mean, it's kind of like a family. It's an unusual experience. They're amazing, and they're so healing, and there's wonderful people presenting at this one. There's Alan Peterson, who does incredible music. And Car- Carla uh, Blowy, who does a lot of stuff on dream interpretation. If you haven't registered, it's okay. You can do they accept walk-ins. You can walk in and you can register. It's not too late. So we hope to see anyone that's in the area uh, at this conference. Anyone who is uh, really focused on child loss, just to let you know. But if you're a sibling or a grandparent, um, you are very welcome to come. And you know, other people are welcome to come. Uh, there are a lot of similarities in every kind of loss. So uh, if you want to join us, please come along and uh, be there with us. Right, Hyde? Absolutely. Siblings are a big part of the what's going to go on. I mean, talking about sibling loss, et cetera, I definitely will be there as a voice for siblings. So if you're a brief sibling, please, please, uh, we need to hear you. We need to hear your voice. And we'd love to have you there. And like my mom said, grandparents are welcome, as are bereaved parents. And anybody else, but those three are really the, the you know, focal point for Compassionate Friends. Absolutely. Well, Heidi, uh, we've got a guest on today, somebody you know well. So I, uh, and, I do. And by the way, I'm very interested in this topic of, of step parents because there are a lot of issues around that. Well, there are, and I don't think we've done, you know, we haven't done enough shows on them, and we've done some, but we need to do more because there are so many people out there that are step parents and that have dealt with the loss of, of their stepchildren. So I will, would be love to do the introductions. Asha Mozinski is actually my sweet mate. We share an office together. She is a wonderful person. Um, she is an art psychotherapist and is in private practice on West 72nd in New York City. And she attributes her career choice in art therapy to the traumatic death of her 10-year-old stepson. Uh, she actually made a video about the accident. And she is the chair of technology committee of the American Art Therapy Association. And I am so honored to have her with us today. Welcome to the show, Basha. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's really an honor and a pleasure for me to to be on your show. Thank you. Well, as I said, Basha, we are really interested in this show because uh, Heidi told me about the fact that you'd lost the stepson, and we thought, what a great show this would be because we um, feel like that step-parents sometimes... Um, people don't think that they grieve as much as other people, and I don't know. Tell us a, a little bit about the loss first, and then let's move on to talk about some of the issues. Sure, yeah. Um, well, uh, the loss was uh, actually uh, 19 years ago on Martin Luther King holiday. So it was, wow. a, it was a train accident that occurred in the Midwest. I used to live in Chicago with my family, and... Um, uh, it was a it was a train accident. So it was a sudden death. It was uh, nothing that we could prepare for, anything like that. Um, Logan's father and I had been together for eight years 
before this accident had happened. So Logan was 10 when this happened. So you'd had you'd been with Logan since he was two. Correct. Wow, little guy. Mm-hmm. Correct. He was yeah, he was very young. So I don't really want to go into the details of the accident per se, but I really want to focus on on the loss and certainly the confusion that I felt as a step parent of my role. Um, because those, the role of the step parent isn't really hardly, it's not hard, it's not a hard design, so to speak. So parents, we know the roles of the parents, etc. The step parents kind of fill in, you know, we kind of fill in, jump in, and create our space and our relationships with the stepchild. Um, and then in the, in the uh, loss process, what I found that was very difficult for me was that when I would run into people that knew what had happened, et cetera, they would, they would uh, you know, say hello and they would ask right away, how are the parents doing? Mm-hmm. And it, it was hard. It was hard. I mean, I knew, you know, they, they were only trying to, to help and extend themselves in any way that they could. But the hard part was that, that uh, there was like a, a hierarchy of grieving, so to speak. And I had to really struggle with that and find my way into my own process because, uh, you know, I wasn't the parent, I wasn't the grandparent, I wasn't the sibling, I wasn't the, you know, who, who was I in this regard, you know? Um, so I found that that was, that was one of the very difficult uh, parts, was, was identifying what is my role in all of this. It sounds a little bit like the sibling spot, doesn't that, Heidi? It, it, you know what, it does. I'm struck by the similarities, and I was going to guess Basha, that you were going to say that your grief was not validated or acknowledged, um, as you did say, and that is very similar in so many ways to the sibling experience, mm-hmm. because when we tell people we've had a sibling die, they, they immediately say, wow, how are your parents doing, and that must be very hard for them. Mm-hmm. So it kind of minimizes our grief, and it also right. takes us off on a different journey, because it is really hard for the parents, so then we spend the next, right. you know, so many minutes talking about the parents' loss rather than our own. And how right. hard it is for you right. and me and for anyone that's loved this person that's died. Right, right, yeah. right. So, uh, you know, I felt also in the, in the grieving process that my journey took me in a different way. Um, I, I don't know today exactly how Logan's mother processed her grief. I don't, I don't keep in touch with her. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, certainly knew how my husband was dealing with it. Uh, but my journey was, was really focused on how did this accident happen? I felt like I needed to find the details of how this happened so that I could understand it and then communicate it to the parents so that I could be like the eyes and ears maybe of Logan and what he saw that day, what he experienced that day through, um, you know, through like recreating the steps in a way. So it was it was wow. odd, but it was uh, it was really, and that's where video came in for me. Was I grabbed the family handicam and and then went on that journey to go to the accident site to make drawings of the accident site to, you know, just to get on the train to ride the same train at the same hour that he was on. You know, it was just it was a process that I trusted because I was already an artist and I felt like I could trust this. Like this is really strange. That, you know, why are you going there to the, you know, to the accident site? But as an artist, it, w- it gave me freedom. It gave me license. I'm going. You know, I'm just going to do this because it's what I need to do. And it was, the, it was what I needed. Well, tell me, sometimes um, step-parents tell me, have told me that 
they were sometimes frightened by the intensity of their spouse's grief. Did you feel that way at all? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, the, uh, you know, definitely. And what ended up happening was we didn't survive it. My husband and I, we broke up. We didn't survive it, and, and it was mm. devastating. And some of what happened was I had read that what we needed was support together. And what mm-hmm. he found was a, a group process with others. So we, you know, he went his way. And uh, that was really devastating for me. It was really hard. So I, uh, but I understood him, and I loved him, and I empathized with him, and I forgave everything that was going on because I, I could only imagine how difficult it was for him because I knew how difficult it was for me. How did you deal with the funeral and the events and people making plans? Did you just stand back? Was that a difficult time? You know, it it was a difficult time. Uh, what we ended up doing was we brought artifacts uh, into the funeral home. We brought, you know, we we brought um, some objects of his, and we, you know, we really um, made it as a tribute also to him. But it was it was difficult because it was constant reminders of the the tragedy. It felt like, um, you know, when each person came up to to give their sympathy, they had so much expression because it was a child. And it was it was hard to carry it. It was very hard to carry all of that grief at that time. I think we were all in shock for a very long time. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your art therapy and healing trauma and, and what you can tell the folks out there who are step-parents. Uh, is there anything they can do if there are other ch- stepchildren in the family um, you know, what they can do through art therapy to help a family? Because it sounds like you found a way through art to try to help. And I would guess for a step uh, parent, trying to help must be the major thing. I mean, what do I do? Like you said, you had to do your own plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that based on what I what I knew and, and know today, I think that being together really is important. So creating a project that brings everyone together, I, I would think, is a, is a really good way to, to process that grief. So, for example, in the case of making a video or making a tribute of some, some sort, I wouldn't say right after, but, you know, maybe a year after the tragedy, to be gathering things that you'd like to put in there, stories that you'd like to tell into a, a video or, in, or into a website or into a blog or something like that. So that each person, even the young ones, can bring something. Oh, I want to tell this story about, you know, about my brother. You know, something that allows people to come together and to create a project that is then the tribute. Oh, I love the video. I love the video idea, don't you, Heidi? Where people tell their stories. I like that. I love it, and I feel like you can do it no matter how many years it's been since the person died. You can always go and do it. Yeah. I really yeah. like that idea. <laughs> well, I think that it allows every, it, it evens the playing field. So in that I, that place of hierarchy, I think it levels the playing field so everyone's contribution is special and unique and and that they can do it in any way that they prefer. So it could be, could be in a drawing, it could be a photograph, it could be narrating a photograph. Some people don't like to be on video, so they might choose to just do a voiceover. You know, whatever way that they choose uh, can be added. So no matter what age 
someone is. You know, I think that. I, I like that. You could have a picture and do a voiceover. I like that. What were you going to yeah, say? Yeah, I really do. And, and I know, Basha, you do a lot of art therapy with individuals. What kind I of do, stuff yeah. can people do? I mean, what kind of stuff do you do? And what kind of stuff can people out there do if they want to express themselves through art? I don't. I mean, well, are there certain I think things that, you have them draw or. I think what the way that I work is I see grief and loss, uh, particularly grief and loss that's a, a, attached to trauma in some way. I see that as the mm-hmm. hero's journey. So the, the hero's journey in that uh, it's a, a monomyth that uh, that um, Joseph Campbell talked about, uh, where you know you're you're going from normal your normal life, your normal existence, and you're going down into the underworld. You're, you're going into a place where you've never been before, and you're discovering things about yourself, about those around you, uh, and then you, you work through those things, and then you come back up at some point to your normal life again. But that it's kind of a sacred time that you're in when, you go, when, you're, when you've experienced a loss and grief. And um, it's, it's like processing that uh, visually or processing that uh, through audio or any other of the creative forms, I think, is very useful because sometimes words don't really express what it is that's going on. So in my practice, I like to work with people on an individual basis. So I might work with someone, obviously, to hear about, you know, what they're coming in for, what the issues are, and then I'll start looking at, if they don't know already what materials they like to work with, I might suggest something like, well, what about doing this or make a drawing or what about uh, bringing in some photographs, let's look at those and talk about those. And then sooner or later, some project will evolve. It'll be a co-creation or co-created idea, rather, from the therapy that then the person can go and, uh, and make and bring into sessions. And it may be a one session uh, processing in one session, or it may be something that's brought in as, as they're working on it. It really depends on the, on the individual and how, you know, what their interests are and what their needs are. Basha, I love the fact that you call grieving a sacred time. I think that is an amazing idea. It's so powerful. I mean, it, it's just, it, it, really, it really does remind me of uh, Eliade, uh, Eliade's description of sacred space, where you're, you're out of the profane. So in fact, you're, you're so in the sacred space that when people talk about normal things like the everyday, it's almost irritating. It's like you can't even tolerate it because you're so yeah. involved in what's happened because you're seeking answers to big questions of what's this all about? What's life about? How could this happen? How, how could I lose my loved one? How could my family change in such a dramatic way? You know, how could it, you know... So it's a it's a journey of really discovery and I, oh well, Heidi isn't that great to put a kind of a more positive spin on it I mean a sacred pa- space a time of discovery it's kind of exciting I absolutely love the reframe on this and and I I've said to Basha even today in the email she has such a healing spirit and this is an mm-hmm. example of how I mean and I love the idea of her working with clients as and looking challenging them to look at this in a whole different way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, Basha, um, okay, so I'm a step-parent, and I hear what you're saying, and I've lost a stepchild, and I may even lose my relationship, and I feel very scared. Do you have any suggestions for me and some things that I might calm 
to do some art or, you know, do you have any thoughts? I, I really, really do. Uh, the, the first thing that I would say, not, you know, this is such a general, it's, it's, I'm applying it generally to people. So I would say one of the, one of the things that works really well and is fast is writing. Write, 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 write. Stream of consciousness. Just let it flow, whatever it is. But do not mail any letters to anybody. Don't, don't send anybody any of those, those thoughts that you're, that are coming up because they're too raw and can cause more damage than, than not. But writing, writing stream of, let it out, let it out, get it up, let it out. And also, I would really say to seek help because therapists in a broader perspective are guides. They're the guides to the underworld. They don't go into the underworld with you, but they, they're there on the edge of it to help you navigate, to tell you, you know, you're going too far. Let's do a reality check or to, you know, or to allow, allow you to, to keep going. You know, I think therapists can be a really important piece of the healing process. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love the guide idea of doing that. Now, what what is different for me as a step parent just for your thought of being out there? What is different for me? What am I struggling with? I've already heard you say some of it. There's no space, there's no written written place, right? Yeah, you ha- you you really have to find it yourself. There's not a lot of information about uh, you know, even the simplest things of like etiquette or or what's custom you know what's customary where do you sit next to next to the to the relatives that you that are now your relatives or does this does the mother have you know it's all of this it's really confusing and at a time when you're in trauma it's you know a traumatic event it's and grief and loss is really hard it's really hard to find your way but I would and, say, and I would also think that, to a certain extent, Bosh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, that you would yeah. not feel like you had the right to your to grieving yeah. more than the uh, biological parents. Yeah. You know, even though you might feel like I'm overwhelmed and I want to cry loudly or whatever, publicly or whenever, you feel like, okay, you're looking at your husband going, wait a minute, maybe he needs yeah. to be front and center to all this. I need to take a back seat to this emotionally. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's very difficult, and the other piece of it that we haven't talked about yet is when something like this happens, we have a whole life of losses and experiences and celebrations and all of this that precede this event. So where we're at in our own healing process matters a lot about where and how this affects us. So mm-hmm. that, you know, that has to be addressed too on an individual level, but that might cause someone to, to need to be front and center when actually, you know, it's maybe not the best thing for all, you know, all of those involved. So I would really look for support. I w- if I was a step-parent going through this again, I would look for support in the place that, that feels the best for me and um, and be, if I was feeling criticism for, the family in any way, you know, I would I would really take that into therapy and really process that out so that so that you don't contribute to any more chaos that's already going on for everybody. And you know, you bring up something, Basha, for me, you know, Heidi and I are very involved with the compassionate friends and, and bereaved parents, those groups, but uh 
The thing is, we don't talk a lot about step parents, Heidi. And I'm thinking, I hope the step parents out there know that they are welcome at the Compassionate Friends. It is not just an organization for parents. It is also an organization for step parents. And I, I don't think in this society, there are a heck of a lot of step parents out there that are suffering loss. Absolutely. And you yeah. know, this, this whole show reminds me of Babe. Babe Anthony is, is a very good friend of ours and he's from Staten Island and he runs a lot of step parent panels at Compassionate Friends. Mm-hmm. And he said the, the step parents are there going, finally, there's something for us. We don't know, you know, we've had a loss, but we don't feel like we belong anywhere. And so, you know, that's, last year they had a lot of people going to this, this uh, panel to find out about exactly the things we're talking about today. Well, Basha, you, you know what I think? I think, girl, you better write a book. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> In <a spare> time. <laughs> time to write about some of these sacred spaces. I, I, I love, as I said, the positive, uh, spin and the idea of going into the underworld. And, um, you talk about therapy, but you know, um, the major, the major number of people in the United States who have lost family members do not go into therapy. Um, do you have any thoughts about using other people like ministers or friends or, you know, how could I guide people to be a guide for me? Well, yeah, certainly uh, people that, that have a spiritual background, if that's, if that's something that, that the person who is grieving, the step-parent that's grieving is open to, Certainly, that that spiritual realm I think can be can be very helpful, uh, but also friends and uh, friends of friends. You know what's amazing to me, and when you're in this kind of sacred time, is that all of a sudden new people show up in a way that, or old people show up in a new way that can also uh, really help you on your journey. So to be open as much as you can to you know to other resources. And, and, you know, I think the major thing here, Basha and, and Heidi, as a sibling loss is to uh, embrace the fact that you have a right to grieve this loss. Yes, yes absolutely. Absolutely. And that you, ha- you have to allow yourself that, that opportunity to, to process, to process, to, to let go, to create, to transform, you know, that journey is just as important as anyone else's journey. Absolutely. Well, Basha, if people are lucky enough to be in the New York City area, how do they get in touch with you? Well, they can get in touch with me uh, through um, my uh, email, which is basha.artpsych at gmail.com. Okay, and that's spelled B-A-S-I-A, right? Correct. Okay. Dot art, A-R-T, psych, P-S-Y-C-H at gmail.com. Well, Basha, thank you so much for being on the show today, and I can understand why you and Heidi are such great friends. <laughs> Thanks, Basha, yes. and I'll see you in the thank office. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you very much, Heidi. This has been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, Heidi, what a, a fabulous person for you to be connected with, and what a healing person, and what great ideas. I I am uh, just feel lifted by the idea that... Uh, that grief is this uh, exploratory journey, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I haven't known her that long, but I feel like I've known her a lot longer than I have because she has this healing way about her, like you saw, Mom, and this positive energy. And I'm so thrilled to have her in the office because I can refer clients to her and know that they're in very good hands. So I just love the way she is, her presence, her aura, and the way she works. She's a really 
incredible person. And we want to say to all of you step parents out there, um, go for it and realize that you do have a right to grieve and uh, figure out where your place is in the world and, and to um, have this experiential journey. Thanks for listening and please stay tuned again next week. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.